Hey everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And with me, all three are back together again. Uh, <laughs> Jude, are you okay over there in New York? I'm doing great. Uh, it's It snowed last Tuesday, and this Tuesday it was uh, 70 degrees. So, you know. Whatever. There he is. Jude Seymour, senior editor at One Foot Down, and then Brenda McAlinden, our Photoshop guru, uh, health connoisseur. Somebody sent me a mask in the mail today. Pretty uh, fantastic. You're welcome. Um, I, w- I normally have some sort of goof here today, but I'm just really excited to get into the topic at hand. Of course, that is uh, Martin Jarmon, the athletic director of Boston College, has moved on to Greener Pastures and has gone to UCLA, which means that Boston College is in the hunt for an athletic director. And I cannot wait over the course of the four hours of podcast we're about to have here tonight that we're going to discuss potential <laughs> replacements for Boston College's AD. Might there be another Chet Gladchuck sighting on this podcast? <laughs> Boston College alum and former BC athletic director in from 90 to 97. I don't know, but, uh, this could be called uh we've never gone off. We've never gone after athletic directors, uh, like this before. I Chet is like, Chet has been, he's the guy right now. Chet was the AD <laughs> when, uh, when Boston college ruined Notre Dame's 93 season. And, um, he's trying to, to do all kinds of stuff. So, uh, I got a bone to pick with Chet. <laughs> Well, I think there's a, there are lots of be bones and there will be lots of picking uh, <laughs> coming up. Uh, look, there's all sorts of nothing going on out there in the world. Jude, am I right? Like, get, is there basically nothing going on? Um, you know, unless we're counting uh, Kentucky cheerleader scandals, I, I, I think you could be right. You know, I I think I, I saw that almost right after or I, I guess it was earlier this morning. But you had tweeted out the other day about Notre Dame's cheerleaders uh, getting a little frisky <laughs> in Dublin in the mid-90s. And then yeah. I see this with Kentucky, and I'm like, man, this shit is wild. Yeah. Yeah, like never underestimate a cheerleader on a on a, a getaway day, I guess. So there's your, there's your, uh, there's your bottom line there. I mean, uh, the, the cheerleaders from Kentucky, that was a, like a lake kind of camp or whatever, and um, they were doing basket tosses, no tops, no bottoms. Uh, you, you could either wear one and not the other. <laughs> so I don't know how that went. <laughs> I'm not sure why you had to do basket tosses. And, and, and they also allowed, uh, cheerleading alums to park, to come over with their boats and provide alcohol to the students. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a, you know, as uh, the guys on the Yahoo Sports podcast said, why didn't at one point the, the coaches say, "Yeah, we're pretty, we're probably going to get fired for this unless we break it up"? But uh, apparently, <laughs> nobody did. And are so you going to turn fired. down? Are you going to turn down free booze, Jude? Delivered uh, by a boat? Yeah, by a boat. Depends on how much I, I need that job, I suppose. Right? I don't. I've never turned down booze delivered to me from a boat. I mean, and I've, I've had a, I got a lot of sandbar time in my days. You just got to live that parrot head life of boat drinks. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just seems rude to turn it down. Yeah. You can't turn it down. I don't know. <laughs> they, they completely wiped that, uh, that staff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So can I tell the 96 story real quick? Cause I think it's yes, actually please. okay. 
So I'm reading this book called Personal File, Joe Moore versus the University of Notre Dame. And, and if you guys don't know about Joe Moore's age discrimination lawsuit against Notre Dame, uh, you can look it up and get the particulars. But the funny part of this is that the uh, lawyer for Notre Dame opens the door because they're trying to go after Joe's um, character, basically saying the reason he wasn't fired was, wasn't because of age discrimination. It was for this, this litany of other reasons. And one of them was, uh, you know, basically physical and mental abuse of the players. So there's a story from the Notre Dame trip in 1996 where the, the players are in Dublin to play Navy. And uh, am I getting that right? Is that Was that 96? I'm suddenly doubting myself. But anyway. Yes, uh, I think so. Okay, yes. I'll keep going. So they're in the, the parking lot. Or maybe lot. it was 95. Okay. So they're in the parking lot and um, they're doing up-downs at 1.30 in the morning like a lot of players. And so, um, you know, the, 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 um, the lawyer asked Joe about this when he's testifying or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I did. And he's like, yeah, no, you know, basically says like no further questions. And his lawyer's like, no, actually Joe, why don't you tell that story? So the backstory <laughs> is that Joe Moore was in charge of the discipline for the night. Right. And so he tells the, the front desk, the concierge, like, Hey, if there's any problem with the boys, you know, call me, let me know or whatever. So there's some pilots that are trying to get some sleep, and uh, the Notre Dame players are being rowdy. So the first two calls go to the players and say, hey, settle down. The third call goes to Joe Moore. And so Joe goes, and he starts, you know, uh, he's going to go take care of it, right? And so he finds out that the reason the players are being rowdy is because they are in a U-shaped hotel, and they are looking through another hotel window at a cheerleader performing oral sex on another cheerleader. Oh boy. <laughs> and they're cheering them on. <laughs> so at this point, like major embarrassment that this is all coming out in public. Right. Um, and so basically Joe says to the players, we can go right now and tell coach coach Holtz why you're being rowdy, or we can go do up downs in the parking lot until you get this out of your system. And they're like, well, we'll they all, they said, we'll take the up downs. So that they did. It took the up downs. So it must, have, you know, I think it was pretty wild that whole trip. I there's, I don't remember another the other story, but there's another story about some shit uh, that happened uh, on that trip over there, and this one d- did involve Holtz. Uh, and what one, one of the players told, I can't remember exactly what it was, but like those guys are wild over there in Ireland. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the one. Th- thing that was interesting about this the story and the, the which covers the lawsuit and obviously it's written from uh joe moore's lawyer's perspective so it's 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 biased in favor of the moors but uh, if you can get over that i think you find it kind of interesting is that basically it was mutually assured destruction which is notre dame tried to make joe moore look like a bad guy and joe moore's lawyers in turn tried to make bob davy jim coletto uh, Mike Wadsworth, uh, you know, Father Bochamp, like a bunch of people look like bad people. And, uh, a whole you know, lot of you. And they yeah. succeeded in a lot of ways. <laughs> so they should have <laughs> just settled out of court for whatever, you know, nominal fee that he ended up getting. I think it was 130,000, then they extracted another 80,000. So we're talking only like 210,000. I'm beginning, it was 1997. So, you know, the money's a little bit better now, but it's not like we're talking, you know, uh, many millions for, of dollars here for a man like Joe Moore. It was more of the, the point than the money. I imagine it was, it wasn't, I mean, a, although they weren't, it wasn't like they were being paid like assistants get paid nowadays, but he was a, he was a different guy. Uh, yeah. It wasn't about the money. Uh, very was different more, guy. It was more about the fact that 
that Davey told him that he didn't want him because he didn't, he, he didn't think he could coach more than a year that he only had about a year or two left in him. And the reason he cited was his age, which, you know, obviously Joe strenuously disagreed. So, and again, just so, you know, for all those people trying to pretend to be lawyers on Twitter, you can't say that the reason you're firing somebody is because of their age. That's called age discrimination. <laughs> it is illegal. Yeah, <laughs> so. It is very, very, Joe illegal. was able to prevail. So. Well, it's a good thing that, uh, that, Joe Moore never did anything for Bob Davey or helped him in any way, shape, or form in his life or career. Um, so Bob I mean, Davey I, doesn't look like a total jerk, right? I, I mean, imagine I imagine if Joe Moore helped Bob Davey in any way. I can't I he, can't think of anything except for the whole, oh, telling Lou Holtz that he should look at Bob Davey and Lou Holtz saying, I don't know, Texas A&M has had some, some scandals. I don't know that I want to be associated with anybody from Texas A&M. And he's like, no, seriously, you should check out this guy. He's an up-and-comer. Wait, so Joe Moore got Bob Davies' job? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you can make that argument. Oh, no. So you're saying that the only reason he was employed at Notre Dame and then became the head coach was because of Joe Moore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are so, you saying the it, only reason that, that Holtz got stabbed in the back by Davey was because of Joe Moore? <laughs> if you want to do another Villains podcast <laughs> impromptu, maybe we can start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's just like... The rabbit holes, the rabbit holes. Yeah. I mean, that's been, that's been, that's been what I've been doing during quarantine is just reading a bunch of old stuff and trying to educate myself, myself about things that happened before I started thinking about Notre Dame. And, you know, I, I went to school at Notre Dame in 1998. Uh, I, I honestly, I'm not sure I could tell you that I ever heard the name Joe Moore until I was, you know, well out of school or whatever it, you know. It hadn't oh, resolved wow. itself by that point, but I just, I wasn't paying that close attention to be honest with you. So Joe Moore wasn't a thing that was on my radar, but uh, Bob Davey certainly was on my radar. And it's just, it was just very interesting because again, and, and a lot of people have written about this on the internet. So if you guys have time, uh, look it up. I think the guy from New Mexico, New Mexico did a huge takedown that involved uh, him writing about the Tulane incident um, that Bob Davey was involved in. And he was also involved in uh, almost got himself indicted while he was a coach at Arizona. So, uh, Bob Davey. Yeah. Uh, scandal seems to follow him wherever he goes. Just saying. And it's just like, I mean, I was really looking forward to Bob Davey returning to Notre Dame last year. That was, that was yeah. ridiculously anti. That was the only thing to look forward to with New Mexico coming to town. The only thing. And, Did uh, you? we were denied that. Didn't all of the 7-Elevens in preparation for his arrival take the plastic doors off their hot dog machines as well? <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, so we've made reference to the 7-Eleven in two podcasts in a row. Like, will somebody tell this story? Because I just heard it probably six months ago. So I'm, I'm not sure this is a well-trod uh, Davy story. Somebody tell so the, the Yeah, so the way that the story goes is that um, at a 7-Eleven on the corner of, I think it was Edison and Jackson, um, there is a person who's just like smashing on the on this hot dog machine, right? The the one that Carter Carls basically lives at. And, <laughs> and it turns out that it was Bob Davey because Bob Davey couldn't get the plastic door on the front of the hot dog machine open. And the story goes is that Bob Davey just slams his fist into the side of the machine and angrily says, I swear this whole town is trying to fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
quick, I think I see Bob Davey in the parking lot. Do something to the hot dog thing he might touch. I know. And, and Carter last week talking about <laughs> talking about the, the robbery or whatever that was going on at 7-Eleven. Brendan and I's ears were just perking up with like, oh, is this the same word as Bob Davey? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I got I have a correction from last week that I I need to take care of, uh, because uh, because Carter's basically family. Uh, we <laughs> I I I don't know if I plugged him at all the entire show. I might have said he was from the South Bend Tribune at one time, but I don't think and I plugged him at all. So let me just correct that. We want to thank Carter Carls for coming on the show last week. Uh, check his work out over at NDNC. Andy Insider with the South Bend Tribune. You can check him out at Carter Carls on uh, Twitter. I, in the show notes and all that, I I, I corrected that all, I linked it all and all that. But I don't think I ever like plugged away at all that or, or all that. So whatever. <laughs> it, all I, all I wanted to hear was his bullshit takes about wings, which are horrible. Just, it's an it's an ungodly way to live. I uh, I'm eat, keeping my mouth eat shut. glorified chicken McNuggets. I'm keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> Yo, oh, are you are you the one? I'm, Is it you, Judas? Look, he said he said he had a staffer I, in his uh, corner. I Jude, will I have to Judas, the Fifth Amendment again, a right to invoke against self-incrimination. So. Get behind me, Satan! It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Oh man! Well, we, uh, there, uh, there's gonna, there's these are some interesting times that we're living in. Uh, but uh, before we get to to what's going on in the world of Notre Dame football, uh, I just want to remind everybody uh, to please rate and review this show. Uh, if you leave a review on Apple uh, Podcasts, I will read the damn thing. Uh, if you love Tombstone Pizza, keep it to your damn self. Uh, but but anyways. Please leave a review. We, we really uh, appreciate the uh, the kind words and, and also the suggestions. And we are going to come to a point here, I'm imagining very soon, uh, of some of those questions that were asked inside those reviews. We're going to get to those. I, I almost was going to do that tonight. Uh, I think we might hold off another week or so. Uh, but uh, we're going to dive in and and uh, do some requests. Uh, welcome to the request line. Uh, but uh, take a look at all that. So. Notre Dame announces that uh, they got a plan. They got they got a plan to reopen the school August 10th, which is about two weeks early. Guys, let's just dive into it. How is this going to affect Notre Dame's football season? Means it's back. Per, per Schwarbrick, he said he cannot envision a scenario where if students are on campus, that football won't be back. So unless something unforeseen happens. Between now and then, and Jenkins sort of danced around it. Did you watch the uh, the the Good Morning uh, America or whatever it is with Samantha Guthrie this morning? The Today yeah, Show. Pretty bland. It was pretty bland. Um, and she asked him about the football thing, right? Because it was an NBC, and they're certainly uh, very interested over at NBC. And he sort of smirked and left the door open. And one of the things I found in uh, tell me if you guys thought it was interesting too. When he mentioned, uh, when he was talking about students, they they said, uh, what was the the exact verbiage? It was something along the lines of, um, but there will be exceptions made for people who, for students who need to be, uh, to do things in order to prepare themselves for the fall semester. Did you catch that that particular remark that he made? Yeah, I did. I did. 
So, I mean, okay. Uh, but we're, we're talking about uh, just a whole different world, though, right? I mean, yeah, Jude, can you, we, you know, I, I call it fall camp. Uh, Jude has a hard time with that. Um, so, I mean, like fall camp in July is going to sound uh, pretty funky. But, bas- but I mean, it kind of has to go down like that, right? It's, I just have a hard time imagining any type of like camp type scenarios like they're not going to Culver this year. I, I can't imagine that happening. Uh, I mean, they didn't say one way or another, but I just I have a hard time imagining that happening. But then at the same time, it's like those are days with nothing but football. Now you're going to have classes. I mean, beginning August 10th, there are classes. So how's that going to work? Because you're still, you know, almost a month away from, you know, your first game, or at least you're a month away from your first game week. Jude, uh, is there any kind of scenario in your head that you can think of that? how they're going to work that out. I, you know, I, I don't know. And, and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to go down this road just because I think so much can change. I think there's so much that we don't know about a, a potential second wave, um, or if that may not even materialize. Um, and so I think it, whatever we say tonight would, would just sound, it could sound silly because, if you had asked me in March what we'd be looking at in May, I would have been, my guess would have been totally wrong. You know, I thought we would have been in more in the throes of, of this. And now, you know, New York, my state is slowly opening itself back up. Um, and, and, but the, but yet schools are, are completely closed. The buildings are closed. I mean, obviously instruction's still going on. So in terms of like what this will look like, um, you know, I think it's going to be tough to be a freshman and kind of get, you know, uh, thrown in with school happening. There's no real, um, you know, I, I guess that, you know, having that school be two weeks earlier w- would be tough because they always talk about like the, you know, the kids are, the, the freshmen are thriving until they get to the point where school starts. And then it's like, Oh my God, they hit a wall. You know what I mean? And so you're running right. that up on them two weeks earlier. And I just, I don't, you know, I think you're going to get a lot of that. And I also think about the timing of, you know, okay, so there's no sp- there's no fall break, but when's finals happening versus when you're you're playing games and you know like, and then also on the other coming out the other side, which is like your last game will be after the semester is over, right? Finals is USC week. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, finals I guess is I, USC I guess week. I meant uh, midterms. Uh, oh yeah. You know, because yeah. we always talk about that kind of you know midterm. Slump all you're talking about term. finals week. Yeah, you talking about finals? You talking uh, about finals? Yeah, I, I so. was talking. I was talking to a professor today, uh, not a, not at Notre Dame. Uh, so this wasn't my brother-in-law, uh, but uh, about this kind of stuff. Like, I, and I just got of asked. I said, "Well, you know, if, if this was you, I'm like, don't you kind of take it easy a little bit on midterms? I'm like, Cause there's no there's no break. There's there's this wave of flush and." And he just said, he goes, you know, I never really thought about it. He goes, it makes sense, but you still have your curriculum. You have to get across. He's like, yep. so he just, he, he kind of shrugged his shoulders a little bit. And it was like, eh. <laughs> I, just, I mean, it I, makes perfect sense that you don't let kids go home and not only right. possibly infect their, their loved ones, but it, to get infection from all, all across the world. You know what I mean? Because Notre Dame truly is a global, it, you know, it attracts from global. So, uh, well, just I look get, at, the, at the kids' Instagrams, you know, just the football players, 
like during spring break, right? Like when all this was starting, they're all over the fucking country. They're all over the world, yeah. uh, you know, taking their break. And so, and I guess I just kept thinking about that. Like, there's no way they're bringing any these guys back. So on fall break, it isn't quite the, the uh, especially for the football team, it isn't quite the uh, go out to wherever. But at the same time as everyone's leaving, you know, and coming back, or a lot of people are leaving and coming back. So you get that same kind of uh, I don't know, hit rate, touch rate, infection rate, whatever it is. And I got to be honest, too, the, the vibe's different in the stadium when the students are, are either on their right. way out or coming back on their way in or whatever. And so we've, we've, I remember during my undergrad years, there was a real question about like, well, should I try to get back Saturday for the game or should I stay Saturday for the game before I go home? You know what I mean? So that, that you had people saying like, well, fuck this. I can watch it at home, uh, which is fine. But at the same time, like that kind of kills the, 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 you know, the students kind of bring some of the energy and the passion. And so it gets a little, it gets a little thin in those sections. And, and, and it's usually like, like you said, Stanford or USC or, you know, a, sort of a game um, that people should be there to cheer for. So um, that's interesting too, that there won't be that kind of opportunity to flee. But at the same I mean, time, I, I, this opens up a whole, and not to interrupt you, Brennan, but this opens up a whole host of questions about, how many people in a stadium is the right amount? And, and, you know, and I, I think I could make the argument that it's either got to be zero or 80,000 and that 10,000 or 40,000 is just completely arbitrary and completely made up. And that there's really, distance them. you could socially distance them six feet out. And so, okay, yeah, so but not, I, I brought this but up not be- legit. I, I brought this up before we started hitting record, but I'm okay with like, you know, okay, you got to come into certain gates. I'm okay with, you got to stand in certain seats. I'm okay with a lot of things that would be easy to social distance. And and you could even set up a system where you, you ordered food on your app, an app and somebody brought it to you as opposed to you standing in line or whatever. The thing I don't understand, and I'll continue not understand is the bathroom. I know everybody in, and who's listening to this podcast has been in this position. All of a sudden it comes upon you and you got to take a dump. Like, how are you going to do that? I'm sorry. You're going to run to the closest bathroom and you're going to want to get into a stall as quickly as possible. So this whole like stay six feet away, like it's not going to, it's not going to happen. People aren't going to want to miss the game. They're not going to want, it's, they're not going to do this. It just doesn't work. So that's, that's the thing I don't understand is the, is the bathrooms. I, I could understand waiting in line for two hours so that everybody can stay six feet away from each other to get into the gate, you know, to get into the gate or whatever. Although enforcing that would be freaking tough, you know? And then what are you doing? You're giving me temperature checks. What, like what, to what extent are you doing, you know, are you doing on this or whatever? So I just don't get how the bathroom situation gets. I think I can figure out pretty much everything else except for the bathrooms. One of the things is at the very least, especially the way that they've, they've planned it out is – and the reason why they say uh, they've moved up the semester is because a lot of the transmission comes from travel. And the idea is, is if you keep all of the students on campus, they have less – you know, they're not traveling across the country like you guys said. As soon as – there's going to be a whole other thing. Bowl and playoff season is going to be buck wild. Because if people go home and they visit their families in various parts of the country, and then you start in, you know, uh, introducing X factors and outside sources. But if they have the season, and let's say it is 10,000 because the 10,000 is students, faculty, and family, well, you can have a pretty good idea 
of who the student's family and it's a lot easier to if the, if the students at Notre Dame are pretty much in contact with the the students of Notre Dame. Um, there's going to be some um, policy and things set in place to keep everybody more or less isolated in a in a bubble. It's once you start opening it up. If you were to let you know uh, Doug from Chicago hop on the train to Notre Dame Stadium, that's not going to be that's not going to be happening. Right. You can't. Well, I mean, if it's a night game, Doug won't be there because he's got a steak reservation. He's got the steak. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so at least we know that they'll be set for the uh, Stanford game and the, the Clemson game. I, get, but, I guess I'm just I'm lost. And like I, I and I've batted this around my head a, a bunch of times, you know, obvi- for obvious reasons. But I, I Jude's like dead on like the number is either zero or full go because even if I mean I keep hearing that I keep hearing forty thousand like that, that's a th- there are some rumors out there about some things and we'll we'll touch on a few of that and but forty thousand has been the rumor about what was going to be allowed in and okay so that's half the stadium but that doesn't I mean going through going through the the concourse going through the tunnels the seats the bathrooms. What kind of concessions are there? Are there no even going to be concessions? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just there's a lot of stuff there. And I just like 40,000, that's still a lot of fucking people. And that's a lot of people coming from all over regardless. I mean, unless you handpick the 40,000, which is impossible to do. You'd have to handpick I, them. It, it, it wouldn't even matter if you handpicked them. It, you handpick you hand pick them. You got guys, you know, coming from Chicago, coming from Florida, coming from California. Uh, you know, what, what about the – the, you know, the visitors, you know, you're, I just, it doesn't make sense. Like there's no way to like safely social distance well, 40,000 people in an 80,000 bowl. At least we know that on November 7th, the stadium like won't get oranged point. out like it was with the Georgia game and the Nebraska game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so here, I mean, here's the thing that I was thinking about. Right. And it's totally like a, a myopic view, but I, I think it, kind of speaks to maybe the predicament that they're going to find themselves in if they, if they do this like 40,000 thing, right. Which is like our Notre Dame club here locally in central New York got 40 tickets to the Clemson game. Those 40 seats are all together. Right. So what, what are they going to say? Okay. You only have 20 now. Like, yeah, I I have no idea. Are they going to wipe out all 40 and they're going to, but they're going to tell another club that they have all their 40. Like, how do you pick and choose? Like, how do you call up, somebody whose tickets have transferred three times and say, and find that person and say, your tickets are no longer good, or we can't honor those tickets. Like if you're in section 53, row 17, like don't come to the game. And then meanwhile, somebody, somebody flies in from, from North Carolina with the, you know, section 53, row 17 tickets or whatever, and is now just finding out because you didn't, you didn't know, you didn't have a way to contact him or her. Montford doesn't have the email, and uh, he doesn't believe in uh, anything other than handwritten notes. And he's like 75 years old and the worst possible person to come to a stadium, and he just shows up, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I think you could. I think they're going to run into a rash of two, like of uh, maybe maybe I'm completely off base here, but like a lot of counterfeit tickets. Like they ran into that problem with Georgia when they came up. Right. Because of the mass changing of hands between tickets. Right. Yeah. But true. I think if you, I mean, if, I, think, so if you're, I think the only thing that makes sense is you got to you got to create special tickets for students, faculty and parents. 
and those tickets can't be resold and they've got your name on them or something. Yep. And that's the only way you can get in with those tickets and everybody else is excluded because I just, I can't imagine literally what you could do. Like you said, counterfeit tickets, like all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, row 53 is out, but I, you know, I could make a counterfeit ticket for row 54, you know? And it's just now, now you're telling, you're giving scalpers information that you're like, these tickets are, are more, more valuable because these are the seats that are now available. I just, I think you run into a whole host of problems. Look, there's smarter people than me that are working on this and I could be, I could be dead wrong, but 40,000 sounds like the wrong answer. It sounds um, yeah. wrong to me too. And just think about, think, think about just pre pregame going into Notre Dame stadium, right? Like are, are they, I mean, we, we heard about, you know, the no, no slap in the hands with the player walk. Okay. Whatever. But you still have the band coming through. Are they still going to do that? You still, and regardless of all that, cause that's a big mass of people, you know, from, they're all waiting for the gates to open because, you know, some of these people, a lot of fans, they want to get in there right away. As soon as they can get in, they want to get in, get their seat, be in the stadium. A lot of them, it's their first time. Some of it's just part of their tradition, whatever it is. But there is a mass amount of people in one spot. So are you going to try to fucking six feet them? Because then you're stretching them all the way back past the library. Right. You're going to to snipe, you're going to law. You know, you're, you're going down the main circle, basically. I have a hard time. I have a hard time like believing that any of this is going to work out the way any meeting says, you know what I mean? So I think to all of our points is here is like, look, and I am not fly. I am a, uh, you know, I, I, I want to do whatever we can do to, to nip this virus in the butt, Uh, you know, but I, if you're going to, if you're going to say, okay, we're doing this, I just don't know how there's any other way besides doing it in this case. I mean, it's just, it's just such a mass amount of people in one spot. Think right. about for a second to um, Notre Dame and Clemson. And this is a total pie in the sky, but let's just say Notre Dame and Clemson go into that game. And it's like a one, two matchup, like a game of the century matchup. Guess yeah. what? You're going to have credential. You're going to have reporters asking for credentials from literally all over the country. Right. So are you going to tell the New York reporter, no, you can't come because New York City is a hot spot? Yes. Are you going to say, or are you going to say like everyone in the, the, in the press row has to wear masks or get temperature checks before you can come in? Like, Of course. That, I that think that the temperature the check is going to be just at a minimum. They're probably well, you know, going to they have touched temperature on, checks. They probably have to go through a UV light. Like the, they're, they're now, uh, shining the UV, uh, they're doing the UV, uh, blanching in, um, the subways of, uh, New York city. They're now, uh, bathing them in UV light every night with these drones. You'll probably well, have to walk to the Irish illustrated podcast about the press box, which was interesting to me. And, you know, they kind of joked around about, you know, limiting like two people per outlet and you know, it's, <clears throat> not that this is something Notre Dame has talked about, but just, you know, trying to think about what's going to go on up there because I mean, that, again, like you said, this is, it's no big fucking deal when it's, if you're playing Western Michigan, but when Clemson comes to town, you know, and I've been there in the press box for Georgia and for Michigan uh, for these big games and it's packed. I mean, right. the, there's always a, a handful of media outlets that get credentialed that never show up. Or, or if they, they just got in the stadium, maybe they're just wandering the hell around. Uh, hello, 55 Fox of Fort Wayne uh, with your five seats for nothing. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just uh, – it's hard to imagine how 
that's all going to go down. I've been joking around saying, all right, you know, I'll be the guy that takes his laptop out into the bowl uh, <laughs> for Notre Dame Clemson <laughs> out, out in the cold. If, if that's what, you know, if that's what it takes. Uh, but uh, there's just, man, there is so much. And the people that, listen, the people that run Notre Dame's game day operations, I, I cannot remember her name for the life of me. Um, I, I've only came across her once and she shot me a really funny look because I was sneaking my son into an area he shouldn't have been in. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but this is this is all on their table. It's a complicated, um, it's a complicated job. It's a complicated uh, procedures. It, this just just like blows that up times like a billion. I can't even imagine what's on their table right now as far as the different possibilities about for everything, for press, for vendors, for fans, for visiting teams, for all the staff from those visits. I mean, football teams are traveling armies. I mean, yeah. it really is. You have, you know, what is it like your 65 guys that you travel with, players you travel with, you know, but you got, you still have the same amount of staff. You have all those fans. It's a traveling army. An army and is only as good as supply line. Yeah. That's a lot to account for and a lot that you have to lay out. I just, Oh man. So let me ask you guys a question. Cause I think, I think this is interesting to me. Like uh, obviously throw out Clemson. I think, I think we would withstand a lot of things for Clemson, but if they go to this, like, and I'm again, speculating here. I've never, I've not heard any talk about this, but if they go to this, like no food because we don't want to deal with that whole food thing or whatever, and all these masking or temperature checks or six feet apart requirements or whatever, um, is it even worth going to many of these games? If you're just no. a normal fan? No, just stay at home. Right. Well, and I, and I want to know like how many of those fans show up and are basically the Michigan militia, and like fucking refuse to do it. Like how many problems are you going to run into? Like how, like how many issues you're going to have to involve NDPD or, or, you know, I mean, just keeping it real here. I mean, there's going to be people that show up that think this is all a hoax and they're not going to deal with any of the bullshit that Notre Dame's throwing in their way. They're here to watch a football game. And that's not, you know, that's yeah. not going to work out for anybody. <laughs> Karen's you know? going to get her ass tossed out. Hold up. <laughs> this 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 leads me down um, sort of a tangent, but in a, a very important one specifically to Josh. So the more the more that you read about it and the more that you look into it, the likelihood of them having anything resembling a stadium at capacity or even half capacity, it's going to be a truncated number. I'm of the opinion that it's probably going to be students, faculty, and family, but there could be some some exceptions made elsewhere. What's the point of putting a game in Lambeau Field if that's the case? So do they move that game in Lambeau Field to where it belongs in the first place, Notre Dame Stadium? If they're sharing a pot and the reason you're you're putting it in Lambeau is that you're doing a shared pot, what's the point if no one can show up to that football game? Wouldn't you just put it at Notre Dame Stadium? Are we going to get Wisconsin at Notre Dame Stadium this year because of COVID? I don't think so. A, I think I they've think made so. I think they've made agreements with Lambeau Field where Lambeau Field is, you know, whoever controls I, Lambeau Field is giving them money and consideration. So I think they would be stupid to move it. I get your point, but I don't think that's what I don't think that's what they're going to look at. Yeah, unfortunately, I got to agree with Jude, although I don't think I, I would never use the word stupid to move it. I think that would be brave and honorable. To, to put it back in Notre Dame Stadium, Stadium. Yeah, and but, it's, uh, at a time where but I just, I just revenue is, is fragile. You're going to, you're going to throw revenue away. No, fuck that shit. 
Fuck that. I don't know. Lamb- I don't know how much Lambo <clears throat> is paying them, and both schools I don't think are, would be losing money putting a game in Lambo. I don't know. At any rate, I just I I don't see them moving it. Uh, it maybe it's a you know I don't know maybe in a sense I mean they have their game day operations people up in land you know Lambo Field maybe in a way this is <laughs> kind of a bit of a breather for the for the university right uh, to help to get some extra help uh, from uh, from those people I don't know I mean I'm just spitballing by the way uh, Wisconsin didn't agree to play in Notre Dame Stadium so you'd have to get Wisconsin to agree to that without yes. without without saying without then saying okay, we're going to play at Camp Randall, which, you know, that's I, fine. Never, Perfect. I think, I mean, that's I absolutely, they're splitting, they're splitting the pot the next year at, uh, they're Soldier splitting Field. the pot next year at Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. I would, that'd be perfect if this blew it up where they, you know, played at Notre Dame stadium and then played at Camp Randall. Awesome. I'd be all for that. I just, I don't think it's going to happen. Right. Um, but, um, we're, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back to something that I think is going to blow up. Uh, but, uh, we'll wait and get to that. Stay with us. All right. We, I think we just, Jude and I just agreed on something that I makes me feel dirty uh, <laughs> and sinful. And uh, whenever I go to confession, I got this written down. Uh, but I think one thing that I, I just don't know what the fuck is taking them so long. I think there is like a 99.7% chance Notre Dame Navy is not going to be played in Ireland. And I am fucking dying to figure out why the hell they're putting this off. It's Chet. Oh, it's just, no, it's, Chet. it's it's Ireland. It's Ireland. Yeah, Ireland's got Ireland money. stands to make a ton of money from from all this this these tourists. I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's already a lot of money that's already been collected that they don't want to uncollect, right? So I, I, I think it's that. I think it's Ireland. I think it's Anthony Travel. I think it's you know I think it's places like that. I I I think that. I think that Swarbrick's probably being the most reasonable about it, and he, like a true lawyer, not getting ahead of his skis. I think Chet's being optimistic in the in the press, but I think you know obviously they're starting to look at contingencies, right? And in his in his Q and A on YouTube the other day, he mentioned that they've already started talking to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, he said that it could be, you know, especially if going back to Brennan's point, if we're having you know decreased capacity, you certainly could accommodate them you know, at, at Navy's home field. Right. So there's, Perfect. there's, there's lots Perfect. of contingencies going into place. Um, but they're going to hold on to Dublin until they can't hold on to it anymore. Right. So Brenda, what do you think like the coronavirus was built? So I would get Wisconsin and Notre Dame stadium and Navy in Annapolis. I don't think that that's necessarily, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it takes a global pandemic to get what I want. This is ridiculous. Once again, this is sort of the monkey paw theory that that Jude and I were talking about that you didn't understand that we were saying is that you were like, I believe you'd, I think you had said, man, I wish that Notre Dame could play a football game against Wisconsin at uh, Notre Dame Stadium and they could play a game against Navy in Annapolis and then two fingers on the monkey paw slowly closed and then the coronavirus (laughs) was born. It's... it, it sounds an awful lot like that, but like uh, I mean, you get a million dollars for somebody you don't know dies, right? Right, it's, right. Yeah, exactly that. What's going on here? What do you do? What, uh, what do I do? For yeah, the what do you do, dude? You, you're well, you're the moral high ground of this 
Yeah, I, mean, show, I, what do you I do? definitely have been all over it, right? So it's a million dollars. I guess I'd have to ask questions. <laughs> uh, like, look, no, look, I think you, I think you don't want anyone to die. You will going to be responsible for that, even if you're not aware of who who it is that you affect. You know, so. I'm going to I'm going to counterpoint with this. Okay, uh, you won't understand this reference very well, but Brendan will. In the first season of uh, The Last Kingdom, beautiful series on Netflix, uh, out of a book series that Brendan enjoys. Bernard Quill. Uh, what happens is is that uh, Uhtred's uh, girlfriend uh, is a witch, basically, and uh, King Alfred's son is dying, and she can save him. And, of course, Alfred and his wife are devout Catholics, and uh, they want nothing to do with a witch. And but finally got to the point where, where they had to give him to her, or at least King Alfred did. Uh, but it, it, the cost was great. Like she could save his life, but somebody else's kid was going to die. Is you know a life for a life, basically. Uh, and as it turned out, it could have possibly have been Uhtred's own uh, newborn son that he had never met uh, uh, died. But it was all for the it was all for the right reasons. Like we wouldn't without, have America if Uhtred and Alfred didn't make that sacrifice. Yes. So yes. If 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 Edward was not born, uh, the whole the whole world as we know it would not uh, be anywhere near the same. So in a sense, it's a lot like a million dollars for a life. Just like I that. Mean, so I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'll play the bad guy. I'll take it. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll play but, the bad guy. But for but for just to throw this out there, were you opposed to Notre Dame fans selling their tickets to Georgia uh, people for? Uh, uh, oh, got you there. Face, face value, or were that's you? That's a okay? mic drop. I don't even. I, that's not even the same. That's not even the same ballpark, dude. That's not even the same fucking sport. All right. Yeah, one thing's about life. One thing's about Notre Dame football. <laughs> let's let's get this shit straight here. <laughs> but if you, I mean, I just, I don't see that. I, I don't think it's going to happen in Ireland. I just, I don't, I don't. Uh, and I, and I know gee, what you said is, is right on. I mean, there's just so much with all this. I mean, everything's tied to money and there's a lot of stuff that goes on with that, especially with this international trip oh, yeah. and, you know, the ramifications of not meeting those obligations. No one really knows, but I just cannot see it happening. Like if we're doing through all this, all this trouble within our own country that we know about and this and that, like taking two groups of, uh, of student athletes to another country and all that. I just, I have a hard time thinking that that's a correct decision. Right. Plus also the support staff, as you mentioned earlier, it's oh, yeah. an army, right? traveling armies. We're invading Ireland. Yeah. So the, not to change the subject, but to change the subject, um, the one of the, the one of the things that about the Swarbrick's comments was saying, you know, if everybody goes to a conference plus one, we still feel pretty good because we'll be we'll, a lot of people will want us as their plus one. Yeah. But I thought about somebody like Arkansas, who's going to have a tough time in the SEC this year, anyways. Don't you take uh, a body bag at home instead of going to? to Notre Dame and, and making that your plus one? Oh, I don't, I don't know if Notre Dame would let them out of that. Yeah. So well, the, they the, could, thing they with, could, the thing they with could, Arkansas, I think maybe they would, I think they would want to, they'd they have could, to pay. They, they, they could pay. Them. Yeah. Any, anything could be gotten out of. Well, true. You're you got a point. 
But Notre Dame is going to make that they're obligated to make a return trip back to Arkansas, which is going to be a huge windfall um, for for Arkansas. So I, I don't know if you want to pull out of it if you're Arkansas with the expectation that you're going to get that massive windfall later on. Yeah, I, Notre Dame down. I really don't see I, I guess I don't see Arkansas one. I don't see 2025 Arkansas return trip, by the way. OK, thanks. Yeah, I don't see Arkansas pulling the plug on that. Okay. Uh, coming up to South Bend. I just because Arkansas's got home dates with Nevada, Charleston Southern, ULM, and that's under the assumption that they are going to the plus one format. And it would be what a nine or a ten, ten game. It'd have to be a ten game, and then if you're an SEC school, then you have uh, two. It's a conference schedule plus two because the SEC no. only plays eight conference games. Yeah, but I'm sure they would play nine in this scenario. No, why would they play nine and then they'd lose their game against Charleston Southern or Arkansas Pine Bluff or Liberty or, uh, you know, the Citadel? The SEC would never go to to nine games. I mean, so Notre Dame, uh, now that you brought it up, I mean, Notre Dame kind of has a a little bit of the same problem in the sense that they they have six ACC games this year. So uh, it's not the normal five. It's it's a year with six Uh, in the Navy game. That's going to happen. So you got seven games there. Um, and then, you know, your Stanford and USC, yep. it's a little bit, it's a little odd because of the way California is doing everything out there, but both Stanford and USC are private schools. So how they navigate well, the waters. Uh, I don't know that USC different. would want to give up the Notre Dame game. I, I can see Stanford, I can see Stanford I, giving it up, but I can't see yeah. USC giving it up. Oh, I agree hundred percent, but I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what USC and Stanford are going to do. You know, I, just because of what's going on. And like I said, they're private schools, so they, they're not be you know, they don't have to, to not, you know, they're going to have no, uh, no fall semester for, for, for California schools. They don't have to adhere to that. Um, but I'm talking about in the scenario of, of what Swarbrick was talking about, which was you play your conference games plus one, right? Are we still going to be Stanford and USC's plus one? I think I think the arg- the answer for USC is 100 percent yes, and for Stanford, it's like I don't know. I well, think it's, I guess I, think, I just was- I think it's a bigger issue for the for those teams though because if let, let's just say conference and plus one okay, but if California doesn't have a fucking fall semester, UCLA and Cal are out. That's two can games. I, Jude, can I can I tell you what um, Stanford's schedule looks like out of conference? And it's it's going to be pretty obvious that it will be Notre Dame. Okay. Um, so they open the season with William and Mary against the William and Mary Tribe on September fifth. Notre Dame on October tenth, and that's after a bye week. And then they end the season against BYU, and that's November twenty eighth. If they mm-hmm. adapt to the the same sort of scheduling module that Arkansas put forth the Notre Dame copied and a lot of other schools are starting to adapt as well with the starting early and ending before Thanksgiving break. So they don't bring, you know, whatever contaminations back on campus. Um, They'll be able to end their season before Thanksgiving. If they were to take Notre Dame as their plus one rather than William and Mary or BYU, or they could go out there, they could just take William and Mary or they could just buy a, a game against um, you know, a, a lesser opponent, but, um, it, with the teams they have on their schedule, non-conference, you would think that they would take the Notre Dame one rather than Stanford doesn't seem like the kind of school that would take the William and Mary over a Notre Dame, right? Maybe. I, I don't, don't know. know. 
I mean, I, just, I, I mean, William and Mary allows them to stay home, whereas they Notre do. Dame, they've got to go to Indiana, right? That's true. Um, and you can socially proper, you can proper socially distance in Stanford Stadium because, as we all know, <laughs> uh, there is always six feet between uh, fans in their stadium. <laughs> I just wish there was a Stanford fan out there that you can rise. It's just you like know, no I wish they don't exist. I don't believe it's Stanford no. Steve. It's uh, I mean Ryan Ryan Eddie took Woods. the torch for a couple of years. It's uh, uh, Alan George, right? Is that his name? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The S the SID. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I just I would have hoped that I, I guess I wouldn't even say hope. I guess I was kind of expecting a little more of, you know, not a solid set plan this week. And, you know, the, the week's young, uh, you know, just sitting on Tuesday night right now. But uh, after they announced, you know, they had their meeting on Friday last week, uh, Notre Dame did. And I guess I was kind of surprised when nothing came out uh, other than a few rumors. And then, you know, Monday came around and late in the afternoon, finally we get the, uh, the news about what they're going to do about opening school up and, and how the semester is going to go. I guess I kind of half-ass expected a little bit today about, you know, about what they were going to do with the football program as far as it, camp practice stuff on that, at least on that nature. Well, I, tomorrow's the big day. Tomorrow's when, the big day. When do you, when do you think that decision needs to be made? Oh, the, but that's, I mean, I, I don't think it needs to get made for another, maybe another couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, so, two, three weeks probably. So, so why not buy yourself that time? I'm just saying, I'm not saying that they, I'm surprised they didn't have a decision. You know what I mean? I mean, if they're, if they're just holding back. Well, there's, a, back, I was say, there's a difference between having a decision and announcing decision, right? Right, right. They wouldn't be able to have any, they wouldn't be able to put forth any plan until at the very earliest tomorrow. Because tomorrow is when the NCAA is expected to lift their nationwide ban on campus act athletic activities because right now it is it is banned the ncaa has banned any on-campus athletic activities Except so somehow there's a recruit wandering campus I, I, did you i saw that same article too what was it it was um was it south carolina Bounds. yeah it's from kentucky he, he was up in michigan last week or a few days ago now he's had a notre dame and basically just gonna walk around campus yeah because they can't talk to him right yeah they can't talk to him right, right. i guess he can make his I mean, if he just wants to, he's never been up there before to the to, to Michigan hey, Notre Dame. Get go see it. Got, right. <laughs> but I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, I'm, I read the word visiting. I'm like, what the hell? But uh, tomorrow, but, tomorrow is the day that the NCAA is going to tell, um, supposedly, um, it, they're expected to uh, lift the ban on on-campus athletic activities. So starting tomorrow, theoretically, Everybody can start bringing people on to campus if they, you know, their state legislature and, um, um, you know, governors will allow for it. Um, obviously, they'll have to maintain certain, you know, the, 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 the sheltering rules of five or ten or whatever it is for the particular region. But people will start to be able to rematriculate into um, campuses for athletic reasons. They could theoretically open up a weight room. Um, that's going to certainly present its own set of problems, right? So how's the weight room going to work? Or are you right. going to do, 
You know, have to I wipe know. I guess down. I'm kind of expecting. I would bet but, something on take the take the trash out on Friday, gets dropped. I mean, Notre Dame is notorious right. with some of that, anyways. Um, but uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I mean, I'm at a loss. I mean, I, I think they could do one thing, and then uh, someone I talked to Jude, and he says one thing. I'm like, all right, that makes that makes sense too. Fuck it, maybe it could be be this. I mean, this is just such a uh, I don't want to say mind fuck, but it's uh, you know it's kind of a mind fuck uh, as far as how all this is going to shake out. Well, Greg Sankey, um, who's the um, commissioner of the uh, SEC, one of the things that I like that he, he put pretty poignantly out there is he said that a lot of people are looking for quick answers and to get things immediately because that's sort of how how we've been conditioned in recent years with with the 24-hour news cycle. But the more information we get, the better. And Brian Kelly said on the Scott Van Pelt show a bunch of, you know, however many weeks ago it was, it feels like, you know, 17 years. But he said that the hard, his hard date was, what, July 1st, right? Did he say July? It was July 1st because he wanted so, to have to get him To get him rolling by July 1st. To get him rolling by July 1st. So you would need to have a plan in place probably this time next month, right? So you get like a couple of weeks to start getting things in process. So the first big step was that uh, um, Jenkins said students are back on campus, which was always Schwarbrick's number one thing was he said, if students can be on campus, going to class, Traveling the campus, intermingling with one another, why can't they at least attend a football game? So that was the first big step. And now, if the NCAA lifts their ban, I, I think you just sort of see what other schools do and, um, I don't know, follow suit, I guess. I, I don't know if you want to be the the trendsetter in this particular instance, right? You don't want to be the trailblazer. I mean, Liberty didn't mind being the trailblazer. There's always they one, sure right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they sure, sure did. <laughs> yeah, and I guess in a sense, this is why I've I have kind of stayed away quite a bit about talking about this on the site, whether yeah. it be on the podcast or or in articles, is because you know I, I noticed early on that shit changed drastically by the day. You know, I mean, like leaps and bounds every single day. So, you know, well, this podcast, maybe everything we just said could be completely fucking moot point by the time anyone listens to it. Uh, you know, just given the, the chance that things go the way they've been going, you know, where things change so much. Uh, so it's, I don't know, we're, we're, we're battling back. We're, you know, putting out, uh, thoughts and processes out there. Well, the simple fact is we don't know anything. I mean, we, we really don't. Only ones that know anything are the guys that have been in the meetings. And, and even they don't know anything. Yeah. They're, they're still scratching their heads trying to figure out what more information do I, can I get so I can make a better decision. <laughs> so, I mean, not for nothing, but we're doing this in our real jobs too, right? Whether yeah, we're sure. management or, or lower level, like the lower level people are waiting for management to figure it out. And I can tell you as, Somebody's a department head, you know. There's not. There's a lot more questions than there are answers, and and, yeah. and and I end up telling my people stuff that then I walk out two days later and say, okay, well, the governor reversed himself, or okay, well, um, you know, this new piece of information totally negates what that one said, and and therefore this is the new policy, and and people are getting frustrated. I, I and I and I don't blame them. You know, I, I don't blame the people 
um, want answers and they want them now. I think, I think as you know, you alluded to that's, that's human nature. Um, but again, you know, as I said, from the, in the, the beginning of this conversation, we're just, I, you, you play this back to us for two year, two months from now, we're, we're probably going to sound pretty silly because we don't have near as yeah. much information oh, yeah. as we need, uh, to make a determination about July 1st, uh, you know, August 10th or whatever the first day of the, the first game is, you know, September, or whatever, or August 29th, I guess would be right. Yep. Tech, August 29th. I, mean, I, right now? I, I told my boss I'm good until July 31st. And then when they want me to come back, I'm probably gonna take a week's vacation. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just just to have a full week to prepare to go back to the to the real grind that I got. But uh, yeah, I mean it, it, it's all up in there. So look, See, I have a question uh, that I would like to pose because uh, something as we have been talking, and this is something that bounced around my head even prior to this, but especially as we've been talking about limited um, stadium capacity. What's Notre Dame's record in 2019 if uh, the coronavirus hit last year? Oh. What if Georgia's stadium isn't a laser light show of uh, epic proportions and they have just 10,000 people in there and not knowing. I was going to say that I didn't think really the crowd that I thought they handled the crowd really well. And, and, you know, maybe even use their, that crowd to, to play up to Georgia's level a little bit, but, but, but then I very quickly remembered, Oh yeah. Silent count. Silent count. Uh, Silent count. What if Notre Dame didn't have to silent count or have to learn how to silent count on the fly? Yeah. Uh, Uh, What if there weren't 10, or whatever it was, double-digit uh, pre-snap penalty. I mean, does it make any difference in Michigan, though? I don't know. Is it, is it not raining at Harbor? I don't know. It's raining um, out a bunch of empty seats. It is raining out a bunch of empty seats for a team that's undefeated. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought about this. I, I guess I would think about this in terms of, like, how's it going to make a difference for Clemson 2020? Clemson. Yeah. You know? That that was my my thought is like I was like boy I would rather having these schedules flip flopped and to have a full stadium for Clemson and to have a quarter of the fans in Georgia. Well, I think for Clemson the biggest key is is not the stadium capacity. It's when you play them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, having Clemson in November, it's like Notre Dame never gets this gift, right? Like, not since ninety three. Or I guess not. Uh, ninety, not, uh, 2018. We got Florida. Florida State was trash bag team. Yeah. But imagine uh, if Florida State was good and they came in. So, uh, so it's not like we haven't had Southern teams in November, but like having a a team of Clemson's caliber, where right. you need from the South, where you need them to to feel that chill on their bones a little bit, um, because I mean it just it it makes a huge difference. Oh, and sure. I think people. People scoff when I talk about it a lot. I mean, because I talk about it a lot. Like, get these fucking Southern teams to play in the cold, and it's a whole different ball game. And I, I tie it in with recruiting. When they, you know, guys that want to play in cold weather, like, well, then they don't want to play in the NFL uh, because there's a lot of Northern teams uh, that play, you know, play in cold weather in the fucking NFL. Uh, but getting that gift of Clemson in November, I think that matters more than if there's 40 or 80,000 people in there. I think so too. Yeah, I think that's probably right. It doesn't hurt to have both, though, right? 
I guess another thing that I was I've been thinking about too is is you know we we had the what if you know thing last week on SB Nation uh, like you know what if Notre Dame is is undefeated going into that Clemson game beats Clemson you know we they, you know they made it you know they're and then the there's a big flare up in COVID nineteen so you got this team that to beat the best team of the country, you're undefeated going to the playoffs and looking to change, you know, change the whole story about your program. And then it's fucking wiped out. Because, yeah. You, know, I, you gotta, I, you gotta roll out like uh, the Keanu Reeves replacement level, right? You, you got Drew Pine starting. I for lose book, my this- fucking mind. If something like that happens and it's oh. not like it's a off the wall thing, right? No, like we're I, all expecting flare up. Are you guys are you guys familiar with the Montreal Expos of 1994? Yeah. Oh no. You know yeah, they had yep, yep. they had assembled a, a a World Series caliber team and were well in first place when the strike when the strike happened and killed that season, right? And so there's always a question of like what that's like a what if, right? And so I think this whole season is going to be played with a huge asterisk. I think that anybody who beats anybody good during the regular season, especially in Josh's scenario where the postseason either gets delayed or or canceled outright, everyone's going to say, well, they didn't actually play any. We don't know how good Clemson was. You know, oh, sure, they won all their games, but, you know, the ACC sucks. And, you know, and, and, and somehow the fact that there's only 10,000 people in the stadium or 40,000 will be an asterisk on that game. Well, they beat, they beat, you know, they beat Clemson, but it wasn't a real, it wasn't a real game. It wasn't a real game situation. You know what I mean? Like somehow they'll, can't you say you took the home field advantage out of it? We'll sit there and somehow shit on this game. Right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just, I just, I expect expect the champion this year will be, it'll be like, well, but they didn't have to do this in the original formation. They were going to, play this team and they would have lost to that team. They would have never been there. You know what I mean? We'll get here. Here it is. Here it is. Whoever the champion is this year, uh, in 25 years is going to have to deal with Alabama claiming it. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Listen, (laughs) I love it. The new Jersey devils aren't going to return their 95 Stanley cup. Right, the New Jersey Devils will take that '95 Stanley Cup to the grave. The uh, Washington sure. Redskins aren't going to return their 1987 uh, Super Bowl either. They so. sure aren't. So if Notre Dame can find some sort of magic here and they do beat Clemson, you know what? I'm not going to apologize for that. Oh, and I don't oh think hell they no! Have to. Oh, I'm just saying you'll, the shit. You'll, you'll barely be able to find oh. me with clothes on. If that happens, <laughs> well, that's the, that you do raise an important thing because once just everybody be leaves, naked with the mask that Brendan sent me running <laughs> through the streets, once the, once the bowl season, once they let everybody out for, um, end of the regular season and I guess end of conference championships, and you're going to let the players go home for Christmas, right? You would assume or maybe they don't. I don't know. But once you release them into the wild, and the reason why they're shortening the, um, or I guess uh, pushing back the semesters uh, to start on April or uh, August 10th is because there's supposed to be a second flare up of this in December. So 
what happens, it's not really the regular season where I'm necessarily as concerned for it because you can control what you can control. And what you can control is kids on campus and kids in your facility. What you can't control is once they leave the campus and then things start getting fucky. And that's where what happens if the playoff happens or bowl games start occurring and there's like entire teams that are just like ravaged by it. And the players will probably be fine, but you, they can't play against another team. And then you're talking could about. You, I mean, could you guys see a scenario where they move up the bowls and the playoffs? I, I think I so. Like, instead of having so that much money, I mean, there's so much money involved. I can. That's why they're going to play so like, the season. Like, I try to get them all done, and you know, in the first few weeks of. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't, I'm just spitballing some shit here. I, I think. I think yeah, the bowls spread out for a reason. I can see a scenario in which only the college football playoff games are played. And no, bowl, uh, no other bowls are played. There's too much money in the bowls for them to I, not. I but it. I can see them moving the bowls up, and I, and maybe that's a good thing. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't. If you're the tax slayer bowl, you don't want to lose. You can't afford to not have your tax slayer bowl played, right? So, well, unless it's run by the ESPN, Association, then you probably might be able to. Well, if you're ESPN and you have the rights to all of these bowl games, the media rights is why they're going to be playing this season. These athletic departments and conferences can't afford not to. And the, yeah, the network. But Brendan, can't. you're forgetting a part of the equation, and that is that a lot of these athletic programs actually lose money to go to these bowls. And so if there's there's already belt tightening, true, then they're going true. to say, I can't go to the GMAC bowl because I literally can't afford to. That's true. That's very true. But where I are the players going to get their swag? <laughs> the agents, uh, like, like always, I guess to, to my point is I, I, I think the best thing would be, would be to put as many bowls right after the season as possible. But again, money gets involved because the reason why these things are so spread out is so ESPN can show a fucking bowl game with advertising money for live sports. Every, I mean, even the crappiest bowl gets great r- ratings and gets, which gets you good ad dollars. Yeah. So, you know, are they, are, is everyone willing to say, all right, to make sure these things are played, there's going to be like 10 minor bowl games played in one day. Cause I mean, it's not, these are different locations, right? What if it was I mean, like March madness, but with bowl just, games, but I mean, it'd be like, it'd be like, you know, ESPN and ABC, they got plenty of fucking networks yeah. to put all this shit on. Like I mean, True TV, TBS, TNT, and um, CBS. What if ESPN was just like, you know what? We're going to do this like March Madness, and we're going to have Bowl Madness, and we're going to have 36 bowls in the span of 36 days, and they're just going to, through the entire month of December, just like like in 15 days. So let's say 36 bowls in like 15 yeah, days. 36 bowls in 36 days. About what that's what they that's do now. That's what they're currently doing. Yeah. What if like the, the, the beginning let's of December, 36 bowls in 12 days. A game, I mean, that's only, three, days that's only three games a day. Yeah. Three, three bowl games a day where you have one. It, it's basically a college football schedule where you have every day. It's like noon, three 30, seven 30, noon, three 30, seven 30. And it's just bowl games for 12 straight days. That would be amazing. Right. I'd Maybe watch something. It. I mean, I, I would probably take more vacation for that. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to a person who took vacation time so he could watch the winter Olympics all day long. So, Oh, I mean, but who can blame you? That's the best. Olympics. Well, it is. You have to also Olympics. understand that 
I am able to get the Canadian stations, and they don't give a fuck about prime time or oh. NBC's bullshit. Yeah, sign they'll me up for CBC. Yeah. yeah, they'll show things when they sh- when the things happen. So I was living the life. Yeah, we uh, get CBC in Michigan too. There's very little that's better than the Winter Olympics. I mean, that's just like that's, that's top notch. That's top. It's just you know, my, you know my favorite all time sport is Winter Olympic sport is is curling. Uh, no, curling's fine, but uh, I'm a huge curling guy. Biathlon. Oh yeah, because they're shooting guns. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but not only that, their heart rates are so elevated because they're they're trying to win a freaking cross country ski race. And right. Got to calm it down to hit the this like quarter sized uh, uh, target. <laughs> you know, that's oh by the way, the same color as all the target around it. Ugh. The the okay. best the best time is when when remember when the uh, the Summer Olympics and Winter Olympics finally decided to to break off and and do it. Uh, different years. Yeah. You know, for the longest time it was, it was same year. Same the year, winter, right? the winter Olympics was considered the lesser, right? right? So they were the ones who didn't stay on the four year period. So you got them, you got the winter Olympics two years, just two years later. So amazing. Oh God. So I mean, that's just like, it's just giving crack to a crack addict. <laughs> who on Notre Dame's team, who on the Notre Dame roster would compete the best in the winter Olympics and why in excluding drew Wright, who would be the worst. Cause drew white should never compete in any winter sports ever again. Please drew white, <laughs> please drew white, please drew white do not participate in winter sports, but who on Notre Dame's roster would probably be the best for a winter sport. Oh, it, w- it would have been Chase Claypool hands down. It, it would have been Nico Fertitta. Oh yeah. Cause he has, that, he has that Sean white energy, but yeah, um, I was actually thinking of like Herschel Walker was on that Willie Galt were on the uh, Willie Galt. Oh yeah, may not Willie have been on Galt. The That's team. a name I haven't heard. Herschel in a while. Walker definitely was on the bobsled team. Willie Galt yeah. might have just done track and field. I'm not 100 percent sure about that. But um, I was thinking about somebody like uh, like built like Herschel Walker. Now that we have a guy that kind what? of oh see the Equinu? oh Sebo yeah. Flemister. <laughs> He's in know. Georgia. I mean, it's the same. Flemister is the same as Herschel Walker, right? <laughs> The Jamaicans can do it. Jamaican Why can't someone from Georgia? Actually, we did. Well, yeah. Kyle Hamilton probably would be pretty. Alexander Ahrensberger, German bobsled team. Oh, I like oh, it. Oh, there you go. Oh, that is you good. Just fucking head. Yeah, that is good. That's why I was going with Claypool because he could just throw the Canadians in any of it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, but, yeah, yeah at least knows how to play hockey because they're born on skates. You get all hopped up on. Who hockey. would be the best? Yeah. Oh man, if Tommy Reese was still playing, he'd be like the captain of the curling team. Yeah, he'd, he'd be the skipper. He'd be a hurry hard. Ah, I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because maybe like Bo, I feel the like Bo Bauer's is, got the beard to be able to compete in a lot of winter events. Um, Bo Bauer feels like a like an enforcer out there on the hockey. Like he feels right, like an old he, school, he, like a goon. Yeah, he feels yeah, like he's probably yeah. gooning up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'd pay good money to see these guys do some of these Olympic, uh, winter Olympic sports. I mean, who goes down the skeleton? Uh, is it, it's Lawrence keys, right? It's Lawrence keys. Brayden the skeleton, Lindsay. Guys, skeleton guys Brayden are not Lindsay. big guys. Brayden Lindsay. Um, J- you know what? Jeremiah Wusukormo plays with reckless abandon. And that's kind of what you need. If you're going to do the skeleton, right? Yeah. You gotta be a little psychotic, be a little right? insane. Yeah, definitely. I got one more question that pertains to football uh, before I think we kind of wind this down. Uh, kind of a fun, <laughs> but no, this isn't fun. 
So, <laughs> gosh, I've been I've been drinking since eight o'clock. Leave me alone. It's damn near midnight, and I've been a lot. Ian Book has not been given a whole lot of credit. Uh, they're putting out like top ten quarterbacks and all that shit lately. And Book is uh, whether you want to say he's being underrated or not. PFF uses a whole different thing, so you kind of understand that. But there's a lot of there's a lot of beef out there. Do you? So, or so let me just ask: Do you guys think Ian Book is one of the top ten quarterbacks in college football in 2020? Let you go first, Jude. I have thoughts. Um, my thought is I have top ten. I haven't studied the other quarterbacks in college football, so my default answer is no. Um, but I, I honestly don't know who's who's still left out there. To be honest, I I, I hadn't contemplated it before you asked me the question, so. I guess I'll listen to, I'll hang up and listen to Brennan. Yeah. Is he better so, than Brock Purdy? Is he better than Brock Purdy is a question. Yes, he absolutely is better than Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy plays against uh, brooms in the Big 12, right? <laughs> He's not playing against a real secondary at any point during his entire season. He's playing against uh, Jimmy Clausen's quarterback guru? Yeah, he's playing against Jimmy Clausen's quarterback guru, George Whitfield. Yeah, George Whitfield. Oh, yeah, it was, Go- yeah, it was Golson, not Clausen. My bad. Um, I don't think that he's probably <laughs> better than Keaton. I, you know what? I don't know. Is Keaton Slovis good? I don't know. I don't know if Keaton Slovis is good. But but if you're yeah, looking at really the fucking incredible wide receivers to throw to, he sure and they just sure really does. give a shit about running the football. He sure so. does. Um, I'm not sure how good Sam Ellinger is. Well, and Sam Ellinger seems like he's been there forever. Um, I, I, I talked to Greg, our friend Greg from uh, UHND after the, after the um, game. He got, he got access to, it wasn't all 22 film, but it was like a sky cam footage yeah. of the uh, Camping World Bowl. And to be honest with you, he kept pointing out things that he thought that Brock Purdy did really well during that game um, and, and throws that like he didn't him. believe Ian Book could make. So. I, I'm not sure. I like. I love to shit all over Matt Campbell, but I'm not sure. I'm I'm on the 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 Brock Purdy is no good train. I think I know that when good. Brock Purdy plays against good competition, Brock Purdy doesn't necessarily show up. But the same can sort of be said about Ian Book and the Michigan game. But same can so definitely be said. It definitely can be said. But if you're looking at just sort of the players in, there was a lot of QB turnover. Um, Oklahoma has a new quarterback. Um, Spencer they, Rattler. Spencer Rattler. Uh, so he'll probably be a Heisman front runner. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure what your thoughts are. What's the kid at um, uh, North Carolina? Sam Howell. Uh, a lot yeah. of people like him. Um, Get a good freshman here. Where did uh, Jamie Kent, Newman end up? Uh, J- he's at Georgia. Uh, oh, so he will be. Okay. Uh, he will be. Oh, he, he is. Consi- That's a real thing. Yeah, it's. Yeah, he will, he's being considered like the. Like everyone wants to be, uh, um, oh fuck, what's his name? Uh, Russell. Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, he's in that offense that he's running. He's going to have to decide whether or not he likes to throw the short pass or the shorter pass. <laughs> um, Kenny Pickett. I'm not sure what your thoughts are about Pitt quarterbacks, but he was one of the. The, the top returning uh, quarterbacks this year. Um, well, I'm a fan. What about uh, Eric? De, de, what is his name? Eric DeKing? Did I say that right? Uh, Derek King, He's the, the former King. Houston. Yeah, the transfer quarterback. I don't know. Where did he end up? Miami? I thought he had a stop. Did no. He? 
Um, one player, I mean, obviously Trevor Lawrence, right? So, Trevor Lawrence, clearly. Um, Dorian Thompson Robertson, uh, the kid at the, the, I don't know if he was a five star or was he? Was, oh, he was I watched it. some kid from Ole Miss last year. I really liked. What, what was that kid's that name? Was Is the he kid still uh, that was the kid that ran, uh, old, uh, he ran, uh, Matt Corral. He ran, um, right. It was Matt Corral. I think that's who it was. Uh, he, he can ball out. He threw that long touchdown pass against Alabama. The guy ran for like 200 yards against LSU. Yeah. The, well, there's so, so the top three, just off the top, just so, so we're aware, um, Trevor Lawrence, right. And then there is, um, Justin Fields. Absolutely. With a bullet, Justin Fields and um, Trevor Lawrence are your top two returning quarterbacks. And then you tell me who the third best quarterback is this year. Can it be Ian Book? Can Ian Book be one of the five best quarterbacks this season? I don't see why it can't be. Is he's a fifth uh, year senior? I don't, I don't know Chase, that there's a body. Is he lost Chase Claypool and Cole Komet? He's got all five returning starters on this offensive line. Um, he has a ton of talent around him. Um, he did use his two top um, targets, but he's returning Braden Lindsay and Kevin Austin is a unicorn. I don't, I don't know. I, I think he's, he's in an offensive system that I think Tommy Reese was picked um, to facilitate the needs of one one Ian book, right? I think that's fair. They have a pretty good rapport. It's nice when you have a good rapport with your offensive coordinator. It's, it's been his quarterback coach for most of his career for three years. Is, is Tommy been here since Ian's sophomore year? Or has Tommy been here his entire career? Let's see. Tommy did 2014 with Northwestern, 2015 with San Diego. Have I got that right? Yeah. Yes. And, and, then, then, and then Notre Dame in 16, right? 16, yeah. Notre Dame in 16. So he's been here for – Tommy, he's been uh, Ian Book's quarterback coach his entire career? Yes. As a, as a freshman, redshirt freshman, he was there. Yep. I, you got to think that they've got pretty good rapport, right? So um, there's definitely some questions at the uh, running back position. And just going um, back real quick, just backtracking real quick. Uh, yeah, Derek King did uh, go to Miami, and he is immediately eligible. I, oh, that's good. I just remember I was saying no because I remember there was some kind of uh, uh, wrinkle to that story uh, with, with him. I mean that he has to beat out QB1 Tate Martell. <laughs> Yikes. He's why, he's why Jaron uh, Williams is on the market. And cool. to, uh, to clean up mine, my guy was called uh, J. Rise Plumley. Jaron. <laughs> I don't know. I think he went nine for 16 with 123 yards passing, but he had 21 carries for 212 yards and four touchdowns rushing against LSU. That's a sexy stat line. Yeah. That's that's a Wimbush stat line. 58, 37 loss. (laughs) That was a good game. I remember watching it. It wasn't a good game. It was fun to watch that. It wasn't a good game. It was fun to watch. (laughs) All right, boys. I think we're ready to go. Jude, you got anything to leave us with? You know, um, I, I read something about academic progress rate today and Notre Dame was, is crowing, uh, through their football program, which is really funny because their football program was not one of the perfect ones. Uh, there's no. 30 programs that went perfect on this academic progress rate, which I cannot explain. And I don't understand 
Clemson apparently is very good at this. Um, so is Mississippi. I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand this metric, but Notre Dame seems pretty proud of it. What I know is I like when players graduate. I like when players graduate on time. I, um, got, took a lot of shit from people the other day when I said Cole Komet hadn't come back for his degree. Cause people were like, Cole Komet hasn't even left yet. Uh, he's on the list though. He definitely left. <laughs> yeah. And I also found out through back channels that Sierra Wood uh, had, despite having four years, never graduated. So I don't think that one's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I didn't mean, you know what it. I thought was interesting on your list now that you brought it up and this ties in with uh, something today. I didn't know Bobby Taylor didn't come back and get his degree and Notre Dame just offered his son uh, yeah, for the 2022 uh, offer. I, I can't, I, I heard about it last week, like just fucking offer the kid already. Um, but uh, anyways, but they just offered his son, Bobby Taylor jr uh from uh was it katie texas but yeah i didn't know bobby taylor never uh, never came back maybe he can uh come back and finish his degree with the sun well i think i I think it's interesting like if you read the stories jerome bettis apparently has a lot of guilt about not finishing which is funny because i don't think jerome bettis needs a college degree to do anything right now um but he said it was a bad you know it was a bad example neither does bobby uh yeah exactly um you know, Golden Tate apparently took some classes at the University of Tennessee. He, the last time they checked in with him, he said, well, Notre Dame requires one of my two remaining semesters to be on campus. And I don't know how I can swing that, which makes sense because he's in the NFL. But also, what were they allowing kids to do this past semester? I'm just saying, you know, yeah. maybe. But Golden, you know, also has three little, three or four little ones. Just, so yeah, I'm not sure he needs to be. Yeah, that, and he's making tens of millions of dollars. I don't really know that he needs a Notre Dame degree either. Um, you know, I did talk to Deshaun. And, and he's still he's still relatively young too. I yeah, mean, th- I did, this is still something he could do after he after his his playing days at, in the NFL are over. Right. I mean, without I mean, a doubt. I I did talk to Deshaun Kaiser um, before he got drafted. He said that you know that his intention was to come back and finish his degree. Stefan Tewitt promised his mom that he would get it done in two years. If I recall correctly, that's obviously not happened. But again, you know, these guys are still in the league. So yeah. well, Tewitt, I mean, well, Tewitt, Tewitt is. Yeah. Uh, Kaiser might be heading to, to uh, Canada. Uh, yep. Toronto picked, picked up his rights. Oh, that's interesting. Although they did the same with uh, Jimmy Clausen. And he I, never actually did anything with that. So I just can't uh, wait for Bobby Taylor to do the triple Lindy. On the diving board as the sun watches on. I, mean, I think Jamaris Daniels should uh, should get the. I mean, Canada's not a bad route for these guys to go. Cheers, I mean, Jackson. Even if it's yeah, exactly. Even but if you it's never come back, back from to the NFL. Rocket right. Ishmael. But you're living a pretty good life. You're getting paid well to play football uh, up there. Uh, Canada's not a bad. It's not like going to fucking Yugoslavia. Uh, it's, not, it's not like you're going to Czechoslovakia. It's what's kind of. I don't. I don't know that the salaries are that great, to be honest. No, I recall TJ Jones not being able to get real good value. So I'm not, say, I'm not saying that they're getting rich. I'm like getting uber rich like an NFL. I'm just saying it's a living. If you want to play football and get paid and be comfortable, it's fine. It's not. This is a minor league baseball pay. No, it's better than that. Absolutely. So I mean, Great I would, Cup's I a pretty dope trophy too. I just think it's, I think it's very cool. Um, you know, that Troy Nicholas finished because he was definitely one of those guys that was just like, kind of like, uh, will he ever really come back? You know? And then, 
you know, he was working towards the last year. We heard Josh Adams finished. That was cool. Julian Love, I just recently finished. Um, you know, starting cornerback of the New York recent, Giants, Julian. Yeah, those Love, are right? recent guys. Like I, I like that recent guys finish it up right away. Um, and it and it gives me hope that maybe like EQ St. Brown is never coming back for his degree. He was never interested in his degree. So I don't think I don't ever see him coming back. So I think that list will and obviously George Atkinson's on the list and unfortunately he won't be able to finish his degree. So um so that list will always include some people, you know, but I like the fact that they knock it down. Graduating champions. And it's a small the, list. We got the graduating part down. I mean it's a small list. It's not like it's not like the Ohio State list, which I can tell you is long. Correct. So, I mean, at least, I mean, a lot, and I don't mean to be an asshole. I mean, only Notre Dame, basically only Notre Dame fans are going to be listening to this podcast, especially at this point. But, I mean, a lot of people make a big deal about academics, and everyone touts up Notre Dame, Notre Dame fans do. But at the same time, I'm always thinking, you can get an education somewhere else. It, you, you could, yes, Notre Dame is a, an academic school, blah, 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 blah. But it's not like you can't go somewhere else and get it. So I guess in a sense, when, it, when uh, I, I was backtracking my comment there, because I mean, these guys can come back and, and finish up their degrees pretty much anywhere. It's like fucking Ray Lewis finished up at some weird school or maybe he finished up at Maryland. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But these guys end, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, whether they need it or not. So if it's just an ego thing like, or just something, because, you know, they get kids, it's like, I need to prove a point. Uh, so, I'm good. I'm just happy that Notre Dame's list is small. Absolutely. I just, I'd rather Golden Tate uh, graduate with a Notre Dame degree than a Tennessee degree, but that's just, that's just me. So, no, I mean, it looks better. <laughs> don't, get <me> <laughs> don't get me wrong. Well, I but also I guess, don't want, I don't want Tennessee to claim him like, they're, uh, like, like he ever did anything for them, you know? So, well, he's a great high school football player in the state of Tennessee. That's true. Like, <laughs> I got the some right. University of Tennessee, not the state, but well, well, point, point taken. I mean, I mean, where do we get, where do we get those guys again? I mean, Harrison Smith, Golden Tate, both from Tennessee. It's like Kelly doesn't get past Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just, anyways, Brendan, what do you, what do you got to to leave us with? Um, yeah. So if you guys want to, I I did a I did a goofy um name image likeness post today on the, on the old one foot downs, um, hit up the comments and the on player, there. And tell the me players, the players are enjoying it. The, except yeah. for the shock Crawford was a little, Oh, AARP. Come on. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to give Jude, Jude credit for that one. Uh, I explicitly stated that I wasn't going to give Jude credit for that one. Um, and he deserves no credit for inspiring me, uh, for that particular post. Um, but yeah, if if you want to hit up the one foot down and tell me what you want to see, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab the best ones in the comments and I'll do a, a follow up post where I take. Uh, right. Pat's got a good list. Pat's in there, got a great list in there. Um, yeah, we're gonna have to have I a. I can't part believe two. I didn't do I didn't do Drew Pine for Pine Saw, and I feel <laughs> absolutely terrible about myself for not doing that. Um, Steve but yeah, Flemister Musinex. Yeah, Flemister. <laughs> it's too good. Um, yeah, Pat, Pat had a nice. He's real, got a pretty good. He, he's got a good. Army. That's good. That's good. Although, good luck finding a picture of Chase Love. I'm sure that might, might be difficult to source. I have so. my ways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you want to, if you want to hit up the the comments on that one and tell me what you want to see as your player mashup. 
Armoryantiques.com. Oh my God, Pat really put some thought into this. This is great. That's great. Sorry to interrupt. True white cradle, a blackboard chalk. I mean, it's good. It's good. It's yeah, very good. It's good. And speaking of Pat, by the way, uh, we, there will be a uh, a basketball episode of the OFT podcast coming out probably about 24 hours after this one comes out. Uh, I, I recorded that earlier tonight with Pat, but we're gonna we're gonna publish that the day day after this one. Uh, and it was it was great. Uh, number one, it was great to get Pat on the show on the show and and talk to him about hoops. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And uh, so if you were if you were somebody who was like, hey, you guys should talk a little bit more basketball. I fucking did a whole episode on basketball. How about that? Uh, so you can pat me on the back if you want, but please keep your social distance. <laughs> Virtual Pat. Yeah. Uh, and one more thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to uh, promote just a, a little bit. Uh, go over to site. And right now, I, 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 it's like every year I move it up a few more weeks. <laughs> but uh, running a poll, just a question, you know, how are we doing? Uh, it's, it's one simple question in there in that poll, uh, ask you how, how are we doing it over at one foot down the site podcast just encompasses everything with our social accounts, the, the whole damn deal. Uh, it, there's a pretty picture of Brian Kelly knocking on your door, uh, with a clipboard asking you if you should run the ball more or less. Uh, so that, that'd be an easy way to get it. Uh, but get in there and, and, and give an answer to that poll and give a comment. Uh, Lee, if you think that we're doing shitty, uh, let me know. I mean, I am the, the the post is up there to not to not get praise, although it's lovely. Uh, but it's to know what you know what our readers, our listeners, you know, want from us. Uh, because you know, to tell you the truth, there's some days we're struggling, or I'm struggling to figure out what you know what exactly I should put out there for y'all. So if there's something more or less that you want to know or or see on the site, let me know about it. I, I will. Do my best to to try to accommodate. Um, ain't nothing but a thing. So <laughs> uh, I think that's about it. Rate review the podcast. Leave a review. Yeah, Wash your hands it. so we can have college football. Yes, yes, I. Yes, wash it. Wash everybody's hands. Wash your feet. <laughs> I don't know. You guys, you guys see for you. You guys seen any of these uh, reopening uh, stories and videos? I, I tweeted one out about uh, about a beach in Texas, Florida, right? The uh, no, that one that one was in Texas, the one with the jeeps. Oh, with the jeeps? Oh yeah, that was yes. I love that woman. <laughs> exactly why Idiocracy was made. Uh. <laughs> I mean, the, the best of the sheriffs is like, I mean, I don't know what the hell you expect us to do. Yeah. But- we aren't going to go force that. <laughs> no, but the, the first time they hear a scream, they're going to be in there with batons twirling. to <laughs> 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 beat someone up and cuff them. All right. Well, that's it. And uh, like I said, look forward to, uh, to hearing from y'all. And uh, check out that basketball podcast. It'll be coming out in about 24 hours from now. Uh, for all of us here at uh, the OFT Podcast, go Irish. <laughs>